All right, well, let's take our Bibles, turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and then also put a marker in Genesis, chapter number 6. And, uh, you'll have to listen quickly. Amen. So, appreciate those of you that pray for us when we're out preaching, traveling. Uh, I've had good meetings. Uh, I believe pastors have been helped, encouraged, churches have been helped, and, and I've done several um, children's worker conferences while they've been gone, and I've uh, been able to be with a couple pastors who were a little bit discouraged, but I think they were encouraged, and so please continue to pray as we uh, schedule meetings and are out. Hebrews chapter 11, we'll read verses 1 and 2, just to get our, our one, 1, 2, and, uh, yeah, 1 and 2. Uh, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We've been talking about lessons of faith. Uh, kind of a companion verse, you'll write this reference down, Romans 1.17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Verses 1 through 3 is God's doctrinal statement about faith. The rest of those verses in chapter 11 are God giving illustrations or stories, examples of those who live the truth explained and proclaimed in verses 1 through 3. And we've looked at, at uh, the different ones. We looked at Abel, uh, and we talked about him. We talked about Enoch the last time, uh, which I don't know how long ago. It's been a while because I've been out preaching, which is a good thing. Uh, good evangelists make very bad church members because they're never here. It's just the way it works, amen? And uh, Hebrews 11, look at verse number 7. We're going to jump right in there. A lot of things I would normally say, but uh, just for sake of time. Verse 7, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is by faith. We're going to look at the life of, of Noah. Noah's one of those men that everybody's heard of him, but the truth is most of us have probably not spent a whole lot of time studying his life. And we see some amazing things about Noah that explains his faith to us. Now, when you mention people of faith, everybody would include Noah on their list. And we're going to talk about some of those reasons why. But I think we'll talk about some other things that we probably pass over. Look at verse number 7 again. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark. The first thing about faith that we learned from Noah, his was a proving faith. So what do I mean by that? Noah believed what God said when God said, I'm going to destroy the world with a flood. So what did he do? He built an ark. His faith moved him to action. He moved with fear. We were talking about fear. He did fear God. He believed God meant it when he said, I'm going to destroy every living thing on the earth except what goes in that ark. He believed God. So he feared him. And we're supposed to fear God. I think that's one of the major problems we have in this generation. People do not fear God. They do not think that one day they will stand before a holy and a just and righteous God and give an account. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 about us as believers we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. One of our great duties as preachers is to help the people we influence to have a good judgment seat of Christ. 
our, the reason we preach the way we do, the reason we preach against sin, the reason, reason we give you opportunities to serve. When you stand before God, we want you to hear, well done, that good and faithful servant. But we'll give an account of everything we've done in the body since we've been saved. Now, thank God we won't answer for the sin. Because that happened at Calvary when we got saved. Amen? But there's another judgment, the great white throne judgment. All lost people will stand before God and be judged because of their sin. So, we ought to, he moved with fear. We ought to fear God. But he believed God's pronouncement of judgment. He feared what God said. And by the way, that's why you ought to live holy. Because you fear you'll have to answer to him. You know, the, the, the most frightening statement I heard as a child, and I can say this because Dad's here today, my mother would say, wait till your father gets home. <sighs> Not anything a child wants to hear, you know? And uh, we prayed for mercy in those days. Didn't always get it. But anyway, somebody said this morning, you're going to behave yourself because your dad's in town. I said, no, I'm probably going to be worse because I act just like him. But anyway, he built an ark. Why? Because of his faith. It proved he believed God. He built an ark as he was instructed. He didn't come up with his own plan, by the way. He built it exactly the way God said to do it. And what was the result of his faith? Another thing that proved his faith, it saved his family. Your faith will affect your children and your grandchildren. Because Noah walked with God, because Noah feared God, because he believed God, he built an ark, and his faith was, it was proved by his obedience. His faith also proved God's faithfulness. In James chapter 2, let me just read these verses for you. James 2, verses 14 to 17. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith, and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to him, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not of those things which are needful of the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works." That's not James saying that you add works to salvation, to faith. No, what he's saying, and I, the best I ever heard it worded was by Dr. Fred Brown. He said, it's not faith plus works, it's faith that works. Noah believed God, so he built an ark. Noah was not righteous because he built the ark. He built the ark because he was righteous and believed God. That was the result of his faith. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Noah's faith was a proving faith. But I see something else about that, and that is this. Um, go back to Genesis chapter 6. Keep your place there in, in uh, Hebrews. Genesis 6, the story of, of Noah. And since we set the clocks back an hour, I get an extra hour, right? Is that the way that works? You do know that Baptists are exempt from, from, uh, from, from the time change, from daylight savings time, because once saved, always saved. So you don't ever have to do that again. <laughs> It'll mess all of you up is what I'm going to do. Genesis 6, look at verse number, uh, well, we'll start with verse 1. It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were born unto them, 
And the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. It's Genesis 6-3. We don't know exactly how long it took for Noah to build the ark. We'll always say 120 years. But when you look at the scriptures, it's interesting. In Genesis 5 and verse 32, it says he was 500 years old, uh, and Noah begat Ham, Shem, and Japheth. In chapter 7 and verse 6, it says Noah was 600 years old when the floods of the waters were upon the earth. Verse 11 of Genesis 7, uh, and the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the, the great deep broken up. So he was six years old when he got in the ark. He was 500 when his children were born. That's 100 years. I think what it says, man's days shall be 120 years. That's how long from God's pronouncement of judgment until the flood. Right? That's, that was the, the length of time. How long did it take him to build the ark? I don't know. Somewhere around 100 years. We don't know when he started, but here's the key thought about this. Noah's faith was a patient faith. Think about this. God made some promises to Noah. He proclaimed some judgment. Neither was fulfilled immediately. How many promises has God made to you that you've not yet seen come to pass? Noah had enough faith to just believe God. It was going to be as God said in God's timing. God's timetable is never ours. You ever notice about Jesus? He never hurried to get anywhere, yet he was never late. Our problem is we're always in a hurry. Amen? God's not. And that's my biggest problem as a believer. I'm in a hurry, and God's not. Noah had the command of God, but he didn't know how long it was going to take. Has God told you something that has not yet come to pass? Just keep believing God, because listen, waiting on God to do what he said, waiting is active faith. For a hundred to 120 years, we don't know exactly how long Noah was building that ark. His obedience and the time between the promise and the fulfillment shows he was patient in the promises. He was willing to let God work out the details. You know when most of us get in trouble? When we do what Abraham did. God promised him a son. He didn't get one. So what did he do? He went to, uh, he, he, he tried to have, make, in Genesis 15, he tried to claim uh, Eleazar, his servant's son, as his heir. God said, that's not it. He listened to his wife when his wife said, go into Hagar and have a child with her. That's where Ishmael came from. That's why we got all this mess in the Middle East. Why? He didn't wait for God to fulfill his promise. Isaac was the fulfillment. That took years. What are you saying? Abraham, or Noah had... He had a proving faith, but he had a patient faith. And by the way, God was patient in his judgment. He gave man 120 years to repent. You say, prove that from the scriptures. I'm glad you asked. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3. It's not just a statement I came up with. It's from the scriptures. 1 Peter 3 and look at verse number 20. I'll let you get there because I think it's one of those verses that 
really helps us. Which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. God was patient in holding off His judgment until the ark was completed. How many people had the opportunity to believe God during that time? And how many could have been saved had they responded? What a patient God. Aren't you glad God doesn't wipe you out the first time you disobey Him? It's a good thing I'm not God. Zap! Fire down on them. Yeah, that's what would happen. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Share that with your favorite Calvinist right there, verse number 9. He's willing that all should come to repentance. Amen? We just asked you the question about your faith. What are you in a hurry about that God's not? Noah was patient. He had a patient faith. He had a proving faith. In Genesis 6, we just read there where God was angry. Uh, it says in verse number 5 of Genesis 6, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I had made them. God's mad. He's so mad, he said, I'm not just killing the, the, the men and women, I'm going to kill every living being on the, on the planet that's on the earth. Those who were in the water, they were safe. He didn't go after the, the, the whales and the dolphins. Right? But he's saying on the earth, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to wipe them out. All the men, they're gone. Oh, but I'm glad verse 8 in your Bible, Genesis 6, 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God looked at the earth and said, I'm going to destroy it all. I'm fed up. I'm tired of their sin. And don't you think God's that way today? But Noah. God looked down and he saw one individual. Look at verse 9 of Genesis 6. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. While the whole world was in wickedness, God found a righteous Noah. His was a, it was a, first of all, a proving faith, a patient faith, but it was a prevailing faith. Imagine had there not been a Noah. God would have had to create another Adam if there hadn't been a Noah for God to spare. Boy, what a great God we have. It was Noah's faith, listen to this, it was Noah's faith that made deliverance possible. What is God able to do in your family's life, in the life of those around you, in the life of your church because of your faith. His faith caused his family to be saved. Which leads me to the question, what has your faith done? Who's blessed because of your faith? We won't look at it to this morning for sake of time, uh, but in, in Acts 16, it's one of my favorite Bible stories, the story of, of Paul and Silas, they were arrested. 
uh, and thrown in jail for preaching and for, for casting the demon out of the girl that was telling all the fortunes and her masters got mad because they lost their livelihood. It's usually when sinners get mad, when your faith starts messing with their pocketbook. They get thrown in jail. And of course, midnight Paul and Silas pray. They sing praise unto God. The prisoners heard them. God sent the great earthquake. Everyone's bands were loose, but nobody left. That's a miracle, by the way. A whole prison full of people. Nobody escaped. The guard comes in, the jailer comes in, planning to kill himself. And Paul says, we're all here. And the man says, what must I do to be saved? And Acts 16 tells us the man gets saved. Uh, it says in verse, number six, uh, verse 32 of Acts 16, they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. The jailer got saved, Mrs. Jailer got saved, all the little jailer kids got saved, and a church was started in their house. By the way, you go to the early part of Acts 16, where Paul saw the Macedonian call a man from Macedonia, saying, come over and help us. You understand that that man was the jailer? It was a prevailing faith. It, it, it did something in the lives of others because of his faith. It affected his family. What's your faith done in the lives of those around you? Noah had a proving faith. His faith produced something you could see. That's the evidence we talked about in chapters, uh, verses 1 through 3. It was a patient faith. He waited for God to do what he said he was going to do. It was a prevailing faith. But the last, uh, actually there's two more, I've got to go quickly on these. Look at verse number 7 back in Hebrews 11. And this is the one the world doesn't like. This is where we get attacked, all right? In Hebrews 11, 6, or verse 7, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, preparing an ark to the saving of his house. When he prepared the ark, his children and their wives were saved. But look at the next phrase. By the which he condemned the world. You know why your, your co-workers hate you? Because you live a righteous life. You come to work tomorrow and you're talking about the goodness of God at church and the prayers you've had answered, the people you saw saved and the blessings of God and they're dealing with the result of their sinful actions over the weekend. They come to work with a hangover tomorrow morning and you come in joyful. You wonder why they don't like you? It's because your faith and your righteousness convicts them. You can imagine how well Noah was received while he was building an ark and said, you understand God's going to destroy a world because of the way you live. It was a provoking faith. He moved with fear. Why? Because he realized God was going to do what he promised and send judgment. His actions of faith in building the ark also made a loud statement of the certainty of God's judgment. You see, it's unfair to preach a wonderful heaven without a hot hell. Both are necessary to be preached. You see, the world doesn't mind the thought of a man upstairs, or they think of God as the divine grandpa. How many grandparents we have in the room? Being a grandparent's a wonderful thing. I've taught all of my grandchildren to love ice cream. I'm not called Grandpa, I'm Papa. I'm not old enough to be Grandpa, so I'm Papa. And 
and I have taught my, children, my grandchildren to love popsicles, and so much so they call them papasicles. That's what they call them, all right? My kids are like, Dad, if we did that, you'd have killed us as kids. Yeah, I know. But anyway, <laughs> we have people think of God that way. No, God is the divine judge. We will all stand before him. And that's what the world doesn't like. You see, our message is offensive because it tells people they're accountable to God, that they are sinners. You know what the hardest thing about somebody is? Getting people to admit they're a sinner. That there is a law to which they must answer. That death will come. And they will face God. It's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. There really is a hell. That's why your coworker and your lost family member doesn't like your Christian testimony. Why? It convicts them. Every board that Noah put in that ark was a pronouncement of God's judgment to the people watching. And those of us that are saved, people watch our lives and it's a provoking faith. And then the last one I want to give you from Genesis 6.22. It's after God gave him the commandments. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. It was a proving faith. It was a patient faith, a prevailing faith, a provoking faith. It was a perceptible faith. So what do you mean by that? He built an ark by faith. A 450-foot-long wooden vessel is hard to miss. He didn't build that down at the seashore. He built it hundreds of miles from a body of water. Every day, no doubt, people came by and mocked him. It was a perceptible faith. Why are you building an ark? Because God said so. Why did he say so? He's going to send a flood. What's that? That's when water comes down out of the sky. No, you're crazy. It does not rain. What's rain? Water doesn't come out of the sky. It comes up out of the mist out of the earth. That's what the Bible says. Didn't start raining till after the, until the time of the flood. Read your Bible. He built an ark. God brought all the animals in. Too. Can you imagine being there that day that all of a sudden the animals started walking in? Two of every kind and seven of the clean animals. I mean, and then he and his family entered the ark. His faith was obvious to others. How obvious is your faith? Close with this verse. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, Let your light... So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. People ought to see our faith. It ought to affect how we live and it ought to cause people not to think of us. They ought to be thinking about the God that we serve. That's the whole purpose. Noah's faith. It was a proving faith, a patient faith, a prevailing faith, a provoking faith. And it was a perceptible faith. What kind of faith do you have? Let's pray. Father, help us to take the truths that we've quickly covered this morning in Sunday school and help us to understand these are the evidences and the kinds of faith you require of us. May those around us see a genuine, unfeigned, perceptible faith in our lives. And may it affect them. May our faith cause others to come to know the Lord. May it affect our family in such a way that they'll be willing to obey God because of our faith.
For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.